Welcome to Coles on the Coast, the podcast where we talk about riding the waves of sustainability, preparedness, and living the small homestead life. I'm Charlie. And I'm Jessica. And this is episode six of Coles on the Coast. And today we have a very special podcast, and it's actually a request from one of our listeners. Um, Jessica is going to detail some of her birth story with our four children and um, mainly go in detail about our fourth child and why we decided to go an alternate route uh, compared to the other three. So Jessica, what can you tell us about your birth story? Okay, well the first story was our typical pregnancy. Our first child, I found out I was pregnant, went to the OBGYN, had all the normal stuff, Ate like a typical conventional American that knows they're pregnant. Try to eat a few more salads during the week. Um, I think we actually did try being a little bit of a vegetarian on and off for a few weeks too with that one. But for the most part, pretty typical, standard. Um, And then when it came time, I was 37 weeks. And I had had a couple of what the doctor called false labors at that point of time. And finally, I got really, really sick the day of my, you know, the day after my baby shower. And we had just gotten back from Target and I just got sick all over the place. Went inside, did the typical, like you try to sip some water, got sick. Try to eat some crackers, got sick. Couldn't do anything. Called on, called doctor. They said, take something didn't work by sick she means vomiting and in retrospect it's not really that she was all that sick is that she was as big pregnant as she was vomiting all over the place which she actually ended up with a stomach virus with our third child and was sicker then than at this point but we were young and we didn't quite know what the heck we were doing anyway. I know that I really was terribly weak, though. Like, I felt horrible. I wanted to go to the hospital for an IV. And that's really why we went. I didn't really feel like we were going to have the baby. I was kind of hoping because I was tired of being so pregnant. But that night, going in, I think at midnight, I changed to 38 weeks. So I was like, just 38 weeks. And that's the only reason they wanted to keep me and induce me the next morning. They wanted to start it at like 5 in the morning or something like that. But I had reservations and then Charlie, you spoke up for me and was like, well, can we just wait till the doctor gets here, her primary doctor? And they were like, well, of course. So we did that. We talked with her and we decided to go forth with the induction and, Augmentation. Uh, yeah. It wasn't technically an induction. Well, it was because... They said that you were in active-ish labor and that it was an augmentation, oh. not a true induction. Okay. Well, looking back at it, knowing now what I didn't know then, I don't think I was actually in my full-blown labor. But I had been three centimeters for weeks. I think at the time I went in, I was probably four on the cusp of five centimeters. So that's the only reason I guess that they decided to, you know, quote unquote, augment me. But that included, they said they wanted to give me Pitocin. And I remember she comes in there and she's like, okay, now I'm going to break your water. And I 
almost freaked out. I was like, what? But then she did it. Like, I didn't say no, and she did it. <laughs> and that was kind of freaky. I probably should have known that was going to happen, but I didn't. And um, I had a pretty quick birth for that first birth, actually. Everybody was kind of impressed with my timing for that. I did not have any kind of pain medication. No um, epidural. Yeah, I didn't have any epidural. Uh, trudged through it and had beautiful baby girl number one. Nine months later, got pregnant with our second, and we were so excited. Do you remember being so excited? Yeah, it would have been about nine months we conceived the next one. Because yeah, they were eight, okay, okay. 19 months apart. Yeah, so it's nine So it was close to it, anyway. But I remember being so excited and thinking she was so big. And looking back at it, she was only as old as Arabella. <laughs> yeah. I got pregnant with him, and... I had another couple false, false, quote unquote, labors with him that kind of sent us into a route. And I have some interesting stories with that that maybe we'll go into later if you guys are interested in knowing some of the extra drama for, like, at the very end of my pregnancy with him, you let us know and I'll, I'll talk about it later. But, um, ended up going to the hospital two days after I had gone in previously to get checked when they wanted to keep me, and I said, nah, I'll go home. I haven't gone enough. I, ha I haven't progressed far enough. Went home, came back two days later in labor, and um, with my <laughs> my other child in the ER. <laughs> that was a wild day, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. But um, went upstairs, and they again augmented me, which this time... Didn't have anything to do with Pitocin. I was already five centimeters, I think. I think it was five. Five, five and a half, something like that. And they wanted to break my water. Again, I was surprised they wanted to do that. That labor was a little different. I felt very empowered by my first labor, even though some things I didn't love. That second birth with our firstborn, our first son. One of the nurses was not my best friend. She... Basically, the way she treated me, I felt like I was chained to the bed. After they broke my water, they told me I couldn't get up. I couldn't go to the bathroom. They didn't want me leaving the bedside even when I did stand up from the bed. And I really didn't like that. I didn't appreciate it. It really threw off my groove. But I, again, had a very fast labor. Do you remember how fast it was? Yeah, I mean, it was like Adelaide. You had clocked in at nine had him by one yeah it was really quick it was quicker than Adelaide's yeah but um I remember it was it was kind of crazy he was pushing on my ribs and they didn't think I was serious but when the they kept pushing on my cervix to try to push the cervix out of the way which I don't recommend letting them do unless absolutely necessary but they were able to push it out of the way. And at that point, the doctor gets down there. And she's like, oh my gosh, he really is just trying to force his way out. He was, like, physically trying to push his way out. Which is just like his temperament, too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> when he's ready to get out. he's When he wants to do something, he's going to do it. But um, had him. And after that pregnancy, while I, I was in the throes of having two young children... I started experiencing what, looking back at, probably would have been considered postpartum anxiety. Kind of mild, but pretty sad. And I remember saying something about it. And because I'm 
I wasn't crying all the time. I went about my business, but I just remember feeling really sad and I didn't talk really loud about it, but I mentioned it every once in a while and, and you didn't think anything was the matter with me. No, because I, I was coping too because I was trying to get over having two kids. So I wouldn't imagine that there was something mentally or emotionally wrong other than just being completely overwhelmed with having two children. So, I mean, perspective-wise, it's a difficult thing to kind of put yourself in that other mindset, and I, would, I wouldn't have even known that it was there. Yeah. Like I said, looking back, we know there was a little bit more to it, and we really didn't discover even really what it was until my third pregnancy. Uh, my third pregnancy, I got pregnant in 2019 with our second son and started delving more into looking into how I wanted that birth to go because I really wasn't happy with the way it went. The more I thought about it, the more it bothered me, the more I felt like I was being told to, what to do while I was at the hospital, wasn't treated fairly or rightly, when I brought it up to the doctor, she actually tried to look up who the nurse was that I had because she was actually angry about how I was telling her that I was treated and that she wanted to make sure that that wasn't happening. And she said that wasn't even hospital policy, which, spoiler alert, hospital policy is not your policy. They do not own your body while you were there. But... Nevertheless, in the throes of labor, it's really hard to advocate for yourself. With that third pregnancy, everybody knows what happened in 2020. And all of these words about illness and sickness kind of made me more anxious. Um, we had a lot of discussions about what could be happening and... Um, you know, what it might mean for our family and what it might mean for me or the baby if I were to get sick. There was a lot of fear. And um, staying at home. I did a ton of staying at home. I probably did more sitting during that pregnancy than I ever had done before, even though I knew better. Mm -hmm. I thought I was doing okay, but looking back at it, I, I wasn't nearly as active because my first two pregnancies, I worked. Especially my first pregnancy and most of my second, I was I was painting. I would go to job sites and crawl around on the floor and squat and kneel and climb and until I was too big and I felt like I was going to fall off the ladder. But I was very active during those. And then that third pregnancy, I wasn't even teaching at one when it came to, you know, what would it be like oh, yeah. February or March 2020? Mm -hmm. So a lot less active, a lot worse mental state in the standpoint of fear. And then, but I did take a birth class. Do you remember me doing that? I did a Lamaze online training course. And uh, I may or may not link it below, but. I don't remember doing that. I did, I did. I, I bought a course and I did it. And I felt really good taking that. And I think it, I did help to some extent. I really understood birth, I think, a lot better from that course. And, um, and I ha learned some more coping mechanisms or whatnot too, but the problem was it was 2020. So when it was time to finally have our third, I did, I don't think I went to the hospital early with him. Did I? Mm. I, don't, I don't think we did a false hospital go. 
Because I think that, like, that was my big thing. When I went to the hospital in labor with him, I was six centimeters. And that was my goal, not to get to the hospital before six centimeters. Yeah, I guess. And I remember it was the night of the presidential debate between Biden and Trump. Because It was. Because we were sitting on the couch. I'm lying down on the couch listening to this just horrible debate. (laughs) On both sides. Like, I was just not happy about it. It wasn't any good. You turn it off, and I'm like, I've been having contractions this whole time. Breathing through it. They're, they were, like, four minutes, about three minutes apart. Something like that. And I had been having them all afternoon. All afternoon. We had gone to the park with the kids. Had gotten some fast food. And we we did it. He's looking it up now, guys. He doesn't believe me. But it was. It was the night of the presidential debate between Biden and Trump. But it was. See? (laughs) What in the world? Big night. Big night. And so I called my grandmother over. She come Or my mom. My mom came over to watch the other two. We go to the hospital. I get there. They probably put us right in. I don't remember how all that went. Yeah, they would have because I had been like five centimeters in the ho- in the doctor's office at the appointment before, and thought I was going to have the baby then because this was after Sally. And I was. This in, is like a week after this Sally. This is in the new. Oh yeah, and I was. They threw me out in the. Yeah, they threw the you out for a again. long time. And they wouldn't come get me. Yeah. This was crazy, guys. I mean, this is twenty twenty. They wouldn't let anybody but one person. You picked one person to bring into the the hospital room with you. You had to wear a mask the entire time. They wouldn't let me take my mask off until my test came back negative. Which, by the way, I had refused to do a test before that. Which would come back up in the story later. But, so we're at the hospital. I'm six centimeters dilated, which is active labor. I'm... You know, I like my nurse. The doctor, she calls the doctor whenever I start getting kind of a little bit crazy because I'm having horrible pains. And I had experienced back pain with our firstborn. And I had experienced the weird, you know, baby trying to come out of me in a different way than just our contractions with our secondborn. But this was way different. And... She tests me, like, she, she, um, reaches up, you know, and I'm only eight centimeters dilated, but she's like, I'm going to go ahead and call the doctor because you're acting completely different at this point because I was no longer, like, giddy and, because I was joking when I came in at six and seven and joking and talking and laughing and then all of a sudden, like, I'm, like, moaning and, like, it hurts. I think at some points I was screaming and, um... So she calls the doctor. The doctor comes in a little bit later. And immediately the nurse and the doctor starts talking about her little newborn babes at home that she was breastfeeding. And whether or not she'd make it back in time to feed them. Mm -hmm. And I immediately in my brain, without trying to think, just the thought popped in my head, I would not want to be here right now if I were her. Like, it was just in my head. It wasn't the kind of thought that any pregnant woman in labor needs to be thinking, but that's exactly what I thought. And I continue on like that. I don't know how long it was that I was trying to cope. 
and the doctor left the room and I'm, you know, just working through it. I'm like on all fours. I'm kind of rocking on all fours and different things and just trying to do my, my moving and grooving. And then a little bit later, the nurse comes back in and says how the doctor thinks that it would be beneficial to me, the patient, if I were to have my water broken so that I wouldn't feel like this for as long. And that's the terminology that she used. I'm curious, what were you thinking when she said that to me? I don't know. It was 2 o'clock in the morning. I was, I don't know. I mean. I, I don't remember half of what went on that whole night anyway. That's probably because that's just, it was so trauma-filled that I even blocked it all out of my mind. I mean, I had gone in with the labor plan guys and it expressly stated I wanted as little intervention as possible unless absolutely necessary and the nurse comes in and says that and says I know what your labor plan says but this is how she feels and she doesn't want you to have to go through this as long as you can and I'm telling you this was actually painful and um so I'm like well I don't want to go through this as long as I have to either right I want it to be as quick as possible Mm -hmm. so I agree Although I wasn't happy about it because it kind of makes you feel a little bit like a failure because, you know, they tell you not not to do it. You know, it's more of a risk for you. It's more of a risk for your baby because you're breaking that barrier that keeps them safe inside you. Um, But she breaks my water and I had him, I don't know, it was not that long after that. Mm, Well, it it, felt like an eternity, but... It did, but... No, it's like five minutes. It was very quick after that, probably 20 minutes at the most, that before everything was pushed. And I think they had tried to, like, even move my cervix with him or whatever, and it was not welcomed. Yeah. Um, Because I was in such pain, and they didn't tell me anything that was going on, but looking back, he was posterior, which um, posterior babies means that instead of baby coming with their face on the woman's back end the baby's face is literally coming forward like through your legs so when that happens the um the top of the head isn't coming through it's the front of the head which isn't as malleable and shapeable so it's literally and as i have described it multiple times since i had felt like a boulder was being slammed into my pelvis and that's essentially what was happening because it's the your forehead like just ramming into you (laughs) and that's how it felt like um but the doctor didn't bother telling me that whenever she had checked me nobody bothered telling me that and so I didn't know that I really needed to kind of like vamp up my coping mechanisms I just thought something was strange and odd and weird and you know but anyway so we go through that I have him in terms of the hospital birth they think it's pretty was pretty good except for the fact that He comes out, and they immediately clamp my cord, and the doctor is acting like there is an emergency. I mean, she's not saying anything, I don't think, that I remember, but they're acting emergent. And I'm, like, in this delirium kind of state, just kind of wondering what's going on, why they're not handing me my baby, but they whisk him over to the side and while he's in the process of being moved to the bassinet, he starts to cry. So, yes, he did not cry immediately upon exiting my body. But he did 
before they had really gotten him settled into the bassinet, and then they began to, I don't remember, what did they call it? They used, did they use the actual tubes? They, they, they used something. They did. They sucked him out. They sucked the stunt stuff out of him, but, but he came out posterior, so he didn't get, he didn't get squeezed like he ought to have been anyway, but they're acting like they had to resuscitate him, but they didn't. He was, he was very much alive before he ever got to the table. Yeah, and they kept telling us that he was, like, bruised, and he was, it was a chance of being jaundiced and all these things, but he did not look purple to me. He didn't jaundice at all, and the other two, the the other two looked more jaundiced than he did. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was really nutty, and, like, it left me in this state of delirium, and I've, I've explained it like this. I had a moment when I was a young child where a doctor did an anal thermometer in my bottom, right? And I remember that moment. I was old enough that it was very clear in my memory and I felt very, very vulnerable and very... um, I abused is too much of a word. What would the word be? Um, Exposed. Exposed, yes. And... Violated. I f- violated. Yes, there we go. I felt very violated. And at that moment, when I should have been most joyous of my child being born, I felt very violated in that hospital room. And I knew I could never have that experience again and be okay. So after that, um, anytime any of the doctors talked about my birth story, they were like, oh, yeah, it was fine. Uh, but when I went to the pediatrician, even she was like, it was a little rocky, wasn't it? And it, like, that was refreshing to me. That was actually helpful because I was like, yes. <laughs> like, I didn't even say anything about it. She came in and she was like, you know, how are you doing? Because I think it was a little rocky for you. And she recognized the fact that they had whisked him away from me immediately wouldn't be good on me. And that was incredibly refreshing. But um, from that experience... I did suffer a little bit more after that birth and during the postpartum period. And but by the time I got to my six-month pediatrician appointment with him, the um, nurse practitioner that was seeing us told me that on my questionnaire that I filled out, I had actually rated for postpartum depression and asked me how I was doing. And I had told her, At that point, I actually was feeling a lot better because I had filled out that questionnaire probably a month prior to that. But I did recognize at that point I had had postpartum depression, and it was kind of astounding to me because I didn't ever think that I would go through that. But really way too early (laughs) after having him, I started looking at alternative ways to deliver babies, and I looked at um, a hospital midwife center and kind of sort of looked into midwives a little bit more and then we found out we were pregnant with our fourth child and we were kind of keeping it on the down low for a little bit and one day I'm researching and looking and I found out you could have a midwife come to your house it had been illegal at one point but I found out that it was legal and that there were a couple of options. And I said, Charlie, how would you feel about having a home birth? And, I mean, what were you thinking when I asked you that question? I don't recall. I I, I was like, yeah, that's fine. Whatever. (laughs) That's basically what he said. He's like, I didn't want to go back to hospital either. (laughs) 
I mean, it was just so much to both of us. I was over with the whole medical establishment by that point. I mean, this is 2021, toward the end of the year. Go back and look at what happened then, and then you'll understand why I was over it, but... So we started looking into a home birth midwife. I called her, met with her, loved her, started looking a lot more into how you can change so much by the way you eat, by, uh, so your nutrition, your physical activity, um, and, you know, just really questioning a lot of the standards in medical care. So with our fourth, I, um, I completely changed my diet and that was probably because she made me do a diet diary for like two weeks Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I had to like give it to her. And so it really made me think and question some of the stuff I was putting in my body. But I also, with all my other pregnancies, I had had horrible reflux, like reflux that caused me to have really bad nausea for Mm -hmm. at least one trimester into my second trimesters where I had to take medication. This last pregnancy, while I did have morning sickness for that first trimester, I completely changed my eating habits and was able to get rid of like nearly all of my reflux. I had the last two weeks, it was really bad, but I mean, at that point I had a huge baby. I went further with her than any of my other pregnancies. So, Mm -hmm. no, it was a lot of room up inside of me that was being taken up, but, um, well, I technically you went, you took Casper two days past his due date. That's true. Was she born on her due date? No, she was born three days before. Oh, two days before. Okay. So I didn't quite make it to my due date. But it was close. Yeah, it was close. And the due date, too, because I wasn't... Well, it depends on how you read it, because the yeah. ninth was the due date for for one of the measurement ways, and the 13th was the due date for the other way. Yeah. So, like, I think my due date I had come up with was the ninth, and then yeah. the ultrasound was the 13th. But you always say the later date, no matter what the date is. That's what you and the mid or your practitioner should do. That way, you have longer if the baby does come later. But um, without having having to be forced, quote unquote, by the government or the hospital because they have their policies to try to keep you from going too late. But anyway, so I even hired a doula during this pregnancy and started seeing a chiropractor, which actually was really lovely. Um, I did have a little bit more pelvic pain. I started seeing a, a pelvic floor physical therapist early on because I had had back pain and stuff with the others, especially afterwards with the others. So I wanted to be on top of my physical game. Um, and overall it was a wonderful pregnancy. I guess, should I, should I just go into it now? Yeah. I Am I forgetting anything? No, I don't know. <laughs> So, um, on the 9th of June, I woke up with contractions and it kept me up for several hours. I wasn't sure if it would go anywhere. I kind of would walk to the bathroom, come back to bed, tried to rest through it because I, I knew from previous experience that several days before I give birth or even a week or two, I go through this where it looks like I'm going to be in labor and then nothing happens. And I ended up being able to fall asleep, which meant, you know, my contractions had fizzled out. I call, I had texted my midwife to let her know, 
and the next day I was supposed to have an appointment with her, she rec- she asked me if I would prefer to have a phone call appointment, and I said, yes, please, because her idea was if it gives you an hour rest time, that's what you need because you don't know what you'll go through, you know, in the next couple of days. So the n- next night I go to bed, I wake up, I had to go to the bathroom, and I decided to get some water, and then I was like, you know, I'm not ready to go to bed. I really feel like I could have this baby soon. I don't remember even having contractions up to this point. Maybe I did, maybe I didn't. But I decided to take my water into the sunroom and go sit on my exercise ball and just do some hip rotations and stuff. I was like, we'll just see. Maybe it'll get my contractions going. Maybe it won't. I start doing that. I spend some time in there by myself. I was having fun by myself. But through all that, my contractions started coming. And they were frequent. And they were strong. But I was having such a good time. And after I had been in there a while, I don't know if I looked up the clock or what, but finally I was like, you know, I really should get Charlie in on this. And I kind of want to like snuggle up to him a little bit because we're not going to have much time before we have this baby. So I go wake you up. What were you thinking when I woke you up? That you were crazy? (laughs) I don't know. It was early in the morning. Early. It was... It was like one o'clock in the morning and you woke me up. Well, I don't know what time it was. She was born around 3. It would have been 2. 2. 3.40. No, it was around 3 o'clock. You woke me up. Okay. But yeah, I woke him up. And I'm trying to like snuggle close to him, give kisses and stuff, right? And then... At... You're just being irritating is what it was. <laughs> and then like I keep stopping. And then you're like, Jessica, is that a contraction? Yes. And then I do it again, and you, is that another one? Yeah. And you're, he's like, Jessica, you're having contractions. They're one minute apart, and they're five minutes long. You need to call the midwife. And I'm like, no. <laughs> and he gets up, and he, like, runs away. And it almost wanted to make me sad, but I was kind of, like, in this ethereal, like, happy state, right? Kind of nutty, crazy charismatic, crunchy. I recognized that the baby was coming kind of quick and I needed to go take a shower. So I went and hopped in the shower for 30 minutes. It wasn't that long. You it were felt like it. That. But you didn't even call the midwife while I was in the shower. I did, though. I did. But the first thing I did, because I thought he was crazy, <laughs> he goes to take a shower. I didn't really know where he went. I thought maybe you weren't to call the midwife yourself, actually. So I go to the kitchen and I'm like, I'm going to heat me up a thing of soup. Because if this is labor and it, it's coming, if this isn't it, it will be here soon. Then I want to make sure I have strength. So I start heating up this soup. I think I put it in the microwave. I started it, right? And then I lean over the counter and I feel this drip down my leg. And I'm like, that really kind of felt like it was my water bags. But maybe not. And so then I just walk back to the bedroom and I'm, I had like pause for a contraction or so and get back there and I'm like, okay, he's in the shower. I will go ahead and call the midwife. So I call the midwife and I tell her and she's like, okay, but it's going to be about 40 minutes before I can get there. And I was like, okay. And so I hang up 
and I had call I had texted my doula first before I called her, but then I was like, uh, no, I need to call the doula because I had had like a big contraction while on the phone with the midwife, and I. I called the doula and I immediately had a contraction as she's answering the phone and I'm telling her, hey, I'm in labor. I think it's going to happen soon. And she's like, okay. Like the sweetest voice, sweetest girl ever. I'm so glad I used her. She's like, okay, I'll be there soon. And I get off the phone. Charlie's out of the shower at this point. I had told him his job was to call my dad to come pick up the kids. So I'm assuming that's what you did. I guess. He came to get the kids, so I think I did it. And I went and sat on the toilet, because I thought I had to go to the bathroom. And anybody that knows anything about births, if a woman in active labor thinks she has to go take a number two, it's not a number two. (laughs) And I sit down, and I feel the baby's head drop in my pelvis. And I'm like, oh boy, this is a lot further along than I thought. I... Charlie, you don't believe me, I don't think. But I honestly did not think that it was going that quickly. I really thought it was going to stall out and I was going to have to deal with it again the next day. And it, But at that moment, I knew it wasn't, that it, it was going to happen. So I turned the shower on, climb in the shower. Charlie and Dad's running around, get you know, and everything. Our youngest son had actually been in bed with us that night. I get in the shower in the water, I'm kind of bent over in the water, and all of a sudden, a big contraction hits me, and I let out this, like, roaring yell thing, I guess. Look over, and our youngest son is staring at me, like, wide-eyed, and then starts crying, and then it happened again. Our (laughs) one-year-old. Our one-year-old. Oh, yeah. What did I I just call him, too? Anyway, our one-year-old. All right, like, 19 month old I guess and uh, then Charlie comes in there snatches him up takes him out to dad's car puts him in there he comes back in and I'm like Charlie the baby's coming because I had like felt up inside and the baby's head was there like I only had like a knuckle in and I could feel her head or I, I think I actually said the words she's here and um, so he's like opening up the thing and my dad calls and he's like do we have diapers? And we're like, yes, is this actually happening? We're like, yes. And then like, we get off the phone real fast and Charlie gets over there, gets back down to me. And I basically had the baby. It was not basically you had the baby. I had the baby. I caught the baby. (laughs) Charlie catches the baby. And, um, we're kind of like astounded. And so Anybody who's listening to this is like, what? That's crazy. That doesn't happen. It really does happen. And it's called the fetal ejection reflex. I honestly only had two painful contractions in this whole time. While things were very intense in moments, like the contractions, I I would say some of them were intense. I really only had two that were painful. And I think that was my two transition contractions. But I did most of it by myself this time. That wasn't my plan, but it was beautiful to me. But I think this is where it comes in that I really want to ask you. (laughs) You know, all that happened. You caught the baby. What's going through your head in that moment? Mm, 
is she gonna bleed out? That was the only thing that I thought, but I, you weren't bleeding, so. <laughs> so, like, I know that I, like, was, like, in, in that, like, elated, this is my baby moment, which I hadn't had with my others. Only my second born. I, I guess my second born. I was somebody did, to but... show up, a professional to show up. And she wasn't close. <laughs> so. Well, the doula was right, like, literally right down the street. Yeah, and, and she came in, like, she came moments in after. Two or three minutes after the baby was born. Yeah. Like, she came in and she's like, oh, there's a baby. It was just, like, perfect. And we're like, yeah. We had called the midwife at that point to tell her that we had had the baby. And as soon as the doula got there, we kind of handed the midwife phone call over to her because um, the midwife was like floored that she wasn't there and asking us questions like, did we want to get the paramedics there or whatnot? But I was just happy. I was like, no, we're good. <laughs> I wasn't worried. <laughs> I mean, you were fine. So. I was fine. There wasn't any blood really. Um there wasn't any reason to think anything was wrong. So I climbed out of the shower with the baby connected and got in bed and was able to snuggle my baby. And there we were. We had a baby. I had that my entire labor. Just well, not if you're counting the day before, of course, but where it started and didn't stop. It was less than three hours it was like two and a half hours that is called a precipitous labor yeah and um the baby's head was perfectly round (laughs) she had no time to even have her head shaped she dropped and fell out at the same time yep (laughs) she had one little soft spot on the top of her head, but nothing was misshapen. It it was just beautiful. It was really beautiful. By the time the midwife got there, you know, we had kind of finally started realizing that it was real, I think. And um, just, it was great. It was awesome. I had, I was able to snuggle my baby in my bed, sit there. The midwife gets there a little bit later. She's like, do you mind if I assist you to help the placenta to be born and we uh you know delivered the placenta um but it was just great the whole experience was fantastic i would totally do it all over again even though free birth wasn't necessarily the plan Mm -hmm. it was still perfect for me i I don't think you thought it was perfect no it was fine (laughs) um i'm in a very exclusive club of people there's not very many men in the world that have caught their child while they're being born in the shower in their own house. <laughs> I mean, I guess there's more now than there have been, but it's just kind of cool, kind of lonely because there's no one to talk about, talk to about it. So if you're out there and listening, and you've caught your own baby, please don't call me and tell me about. It. <laughs> I have I, I have to process what I've gone through. I don't need another one to think about. <laughs> but yeah, he had a lot of questions to him. The doula was very concerned, you know, and trying to check on you, and so was the midwife. Because 
and the midwife was like, I think expecting me to have issues because a lot of people who have babies that soon, you know, it can be traumatic just having it that quick. But for me, it was, I was in control of everything about that birth. You know, I didn't have anybody rushing me or making me feel any way. Like I had to fit in any protocols or be on time to anything. So it was just the best experience of my life, quite honestly. <laughs> like that sounds crazy. Maybe second to the wedding, maybe. <laughs> Close up, closely even, probably. Because <laughs> even that, you know, it was kind of rushed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it it might have actually taken longer to have that wedding and reception than it did to have my baby. But it's close. <laughs> I know people were really worried about me when I told ev when I did start telling people that I was planning on having a home birth. But I also purposely tried not to tell a lot of people. And at the same time, I think there were more people that were encouraging me and saying "Go, girl!" than I thought would. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that was because a lot of people during 2020 did start to question the typical hospital medical fields. So. That's my story. Number four. Um, well, that's really the story of all four all of them. All four of them, yeah. Like I said, there's a little bit more drama, especially with our second born. But I won't go into all that right now. But You'll have to tell me about it, because I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> Charlie's a little sleepy tonight, guys. But with that, I hope you enjoyed our telling of our home birth story and remember if you want to support us you can do so by contacting charlie small engines if you have any engine repairs you need done or you can contact us through our website and our email and if you're interested in violin cello viola lessons or to have a wedding played i played a wedding recently that was fun Charlie got to watch the kids for a bit. Don't forget, you do piano lessons, too. Oh, I do piano lessons, too. Beginning piano lessons. So with that, I hope everyone has a great night. <laughs>